record button and then death. You are listening to Big Trouble in Little Podcast. And here are your hosts, Joe Dove and Andy. Hello, Internet peeps, and welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast. I am Joe Dubs. I am Andy. And welcome to episode 34 of our Kingdom of a Podcast. Because... Jesus. Yes, because we had 40 downloads on The Outsider, everybody. Our number one most downloaded episode was a Jared Leto, which we fucking shredded to pieces. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe we should watch bad movies. Maybe this episode is going to be awful. Spoiler alert, this movie is good. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's another one that we agree on, kind of. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like we do. Yeah. Um, this week's movie of the week is In This Corner of the World, which is an anime. Um, it's during World War II, pretty much, and a little bit after it uh, kind of gives you, you know, the the pre-post-World War II of after the Hiroshima bomb that went off. But anyway, before we get into the nitty-gritty of our movie, uh, let's see what the hell we've been playing or watching. Andy? Um, uh, Were you doing house stuff again? Oh, yeah, mostly house stuff. Scrubbings and floors and packing some boxes and oh my god what did i watch i have to have watched something i know i did i'm looking at my shelf like where all my i rewatched some of cowboy bebop did i say that last week i think i said that last week yeah um i, I took that disc out of there to do something hang on i'm just gonna look to see what's in my playstation 4 maybe that's a clue i'm playing memento you ever see that movie memento it's a good movie. I think we actually talked about it on one of our podcasts, at least. Yeah, I think we did. God damn it, Cowboy Bebop's in there. That's not that's not a good clue. Um, I guess I didn't do anything. I can't think of anything. No, yeah, well, Christopher Nolan needs to come out with another movie. I just he needs to come out with something. Maybe yeah. maybe Inception two. Maybe. Uh, eh, no, I don't want him to do a sequel anymore. Has he ever? Uh, well, besides the Batman, Batman flicks. Yeah. Has he ever done a sequel? So. I don't believe so. No, that's interesting. Which is kind of—he's the kind of filmmaker I don't want to do sequels. Like I really admire people in Hollywood that will go out of their way to not do sequels, both actors and directors. Like, I mean, sometimes something needs a sequel. That's great. I mean, a lot of great people made sequels to stuff, but uh, I mean, I think you need to be able to understand that sometimes that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, um, I've been watching this streamer. I, I think his name is The Bearded Truth, and I don't know how he does it, but he gets away with like watching movies like to the fullest, where he just turns on his Netflix or Amazon Prime and he just watches it and commentates it. 
didn't think you could do that. I me either. Maybe he just hasn't got caught yet. Maybe after he streams, he deletes the video kind of deal. But awesome. uh, he was watching the nice guys, and that's with the. Uh, Russell Crowe and uh, Ryan Gosling, and it dude the humor in that movie. Like I watched bits and pieces of what he was watching, and I was like, I gotta go to bed and everything. I was like, I'm gonna go back and watch that movie because Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe were like, how can I put this? The Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan in Rush Hour kind of deal duo. It was hilarious. Oh, I kind of want to watch it anyway because Ryan Gosling is one of my favorite actors now. And I believe he did get a Actor of the Year in our awards. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and little, big trouble in little award show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, did you do anything this week? Because I sure shit didn't. I purchased Ghostly Con Wildlands for thirty three dollars in their Ubisoft sale, which was Gold Edition. And I played the 4v4 Ghost War kind of thing. Um, I didn't play the main co-op game where you're just like this open world, like, uh, I don't know if it's Mexico or like South America, where you're just fighting cartels and shit. Mm. Didn't do that. I played the 4v4. Kind of has like the Rainbow Six Siege where each class has their, like, like there's their disruptor where... You have this radar jammer thing on your backpack, and when you get close to people, you jam their radars. You have, like, the stealth, I forgot, the stealth class where when you shoot your sniper rifle, nobody knows where the shot's coming from. So it's interesting. It's not like Rainbow Six Siege where you, like, put up defenses and you're doing, like, hostage or... it's much more open, right? Yeah, there is, uh, I believe, you like, you do, like, you hack a computer thing, and there's elimination. Most people play elimination, team deathmatch kind of thing, because that's where Ghost Recon was big in, in elimination. So that was good. I bought <clears throat> on Switch, because they're also having a sale. I never played SteamWorld Dig. So I got. Oh the, my god, that game kicks ass! I got the first one because I want to start with the first one. It was five bucks. I was like, "Yeah, five bucks." I heard totally it was. Good. Yep. Haven't played it yet, but I did play World Conqueror X. That's on Switch, and it's more of like this like war simulator. It gives you like scenarios during World War II, the Cold War, and all that stuff. Um, I got it for ten dollars. And I wish it was worth $5, sort of say. I mean, there is strategy to the game, but when you start playing it and it's really straightforward, it's like, oh, you built this building to like create it like a an airport or a, nuke, a, a nuclear uh, silo and all that stuff. Like, it's not like a Tropico or a Age of Empire kind of thing. It's not real. Oh. Yeah, it's more of just like, it feels like a mobile game. Is what I'm trying to say. And I was highly disappointed because I'm like, I like war. I like simulations. Should be fun. So that's what I bought. Um, I did watch a lot of Far Cry 5 streams. I'm hype about that game. I want that game so badly. Uh, I just have a lot of games I want to play. Yeah, me too. It's going to get worse in the coming months. 
Mm -hmm. Because I do want Monster Hunter. Like, I, when it first came out, I'm like, it's Monster Hunter. I played it on the 3DS. I didn't really like it on the 3DS, but it looks better on PlayStation 4. Not in a graphics way either. Yeah. I don't know. Um, We did talk about the Nintendo Direct last week, right? Where it was just a bunch of indie games. We did. Okay, cool. So we don't need to get into that. Um, yeah, that's what I've been watching and playing pretty much. Uh, WrestleMania is not this Sunday, but next Sunday. True. Are you watching that with that, uh, with Zach or somebody? Probably. That's what I plan to do. Yeah. So I am hyped for that. The only reason why I'm hyped is because I actually like the cards because Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle are facing Triple H and Stephanie. Weird. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is facing AJ Styles. That's that's the one I'm excited about right there. Yeah, so that's going to be the match I'm looking forward to. And it, you have Braun Strowman, who's the monster among men, the big dude, really funny on the mic, which is kind of funny. He's a monster, but like his catchphrase is like, you're going to catch these hands and all that stuff. It's like, it's hilarious. Like there was one part where he was facing Roman Reigns. He's like, Roman Reigns is trash and so is you. And he picks up like a, a luchador character and throws him in the trash. Huh. It's hilarious. But anyway, let's finally get into our movie of the week. Andy, what was your movie of the week? Uh, this time we watched In This Corner of the World, which you mentioned before is an anime movie. It's an animation from Japan. So I I wanted to get more into like... When people say anime, they think, oh, Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball, whatever. But in Japan, animation, you know, it's it's all genres. But it's getting that way here in the West, too. Anyway, it's a movie that takes place from, I think it starts in 1935 and ends in 1945, give or take. It's about um, a girl, Suzu. I can't remember what her maiden name is. But it, it's basically just about, I mean, it's it sounds boring, but it's just kind of about her life. She she grows up in Hiroshima. I don't know if it's Hiroshima or Hiroshima. I hear both all the time now. Mm-hmm. But she, she was growing up there, and when she gets married, she moves to the neighboring town of uh, Kuru or something, whatever it was called. And it's just kind of about you know dealing with food rationing and like the war and like her brother gets killed at war and and um, her husband is. A civilian working with the naval office and toward the end of the war of course he's going to go join the navy and stuff happens with that and yeah i mean it it, it kind of sucks at the end of the movie there's there's a, a sense of dread because it's like january 1945 february 1945 and that starts getting into like may and like you as the viewer know what happens at the end of the second world war but it's it's weird and unnerving to watch in the movie yeah and when i texted you uh two days ago i was like oh this movie is beautiful like after i said that it gradually got depressing but like (laughs) it's because you knew what was happening like you knew the americans were coming and the end game was the bomb uh, in hiroshima and nagasaki and all that stuff so like I didn't want to say I was the whole time I was like waiting for it to drop, but you knew it was going to drop and you kind of wanted to see what like everybody thought about it. And I 
that's what the anime was good about. It was teaching what, uh, you know, what the personalities, the what the villagers were thinking about Americans and the the war. Like there was a part where pretty much near the end where they go on a radio and say, we're surrendering, we're ending, ending the war in peace. They don't say surrender, but they say they're ending the war in peace. The voice of the emperor announces it. Yeah. And uh, Suzuzu uh, gets up and she's like, we're giving up or something along that line. And she gets frustrated and starts going on like a tirade and stuff of <laughs> doing chores. Because yeah, A bunch of characters get upset because, you know, like they've lost people they know have died. And they've been like half starving for a long time because they can't get hold of any real food. And now it's like, oh, well, that was all for nothing. You know, it's pretty frustrating. Mm-hmm. That, uh, her, her, let's see, niece. Yeah, her niece is is killed kind of right before the end of the war by a bomb. And like, like I said, her brother's dead. And um, her, um, it's her sister-in-law. Like, she's kind of a bitch at first, but it turns out she's kind of okay. But her husband died, but I don't think he died at war, but stuff like that. Like, it keeps adding up. There's all these people injured and, and dead, and now it was all just for nothing. And I, I really liked, because when I was texting you about it being beautiful, I was like, I really like Japanese culture. I like the way of how they live, even though, like, some people might think, like, being set up for marriage and stuff is wrong and all that stuff. is That's how they it's, lived. It's back. weird. You get some culture shock because they're like, hey, someone is here to ask for your hand in marriage and she's only met the guy once like it took me a couple it took me a little bit to figure out that he was the guy that she met i i I mean i don't think it's real it's like it's like a flashback to when she was a little kid and she went into hiroshima to do something for her parents and she gets lost and this guy picks her up and like lends her his his telescope and stuff and she's like riding around in his like little wicker backpack and the boy is in there and he says oh he's he's a kidnapper he's going to kidnap and eat us or something like that it's really weird but that's how they met but the scene doesn't match the tone of the rest of the movie because it's it's a story that she's telling her sister so it's like the unreliable narrator thing like what she was playing it up to mess with her sister so you you never really see exactly how they did in fact meet but you at the end of the movie you find out they did indeed meet there on that bridge in hiroshima when they were kids so maybe that was the exact story maybe it wasn't yeah i i there were certain scenes where i was a little bit confused i maybe because it's just like the whole monster thing i was like is she trying to hide like that a person was kidnapping that's how she looked at the person as a monster but then you pretty much answering that's how, you know, she was talking to her sister and making it all big and everything. So, like, I could understand that. The other uh, scene that confused me a little bit was when that one guy, who the cocky sailor that came back and was, like, in their her house. Friends, yeah. yeah, and he, he liked Suzu and all that stuff, but... Uh, the husband of that character was like, yo, you're going to be sleeping outside. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a heater. And I, I just thought it was weird. Cause she was like cuddling with him. I don't know. Maybe it's the culture because you know, the forced marriage, she had a little bit more connection with that guy than the actual person that she was set up with. 
Yeah, it's it's a scene that's difficult to talk about. Like, it's kind of something you'd have to see in context of the movie. I'm, I'm saying this for the benefit of viewers who haven't watched the movie, but it's like they're they're talking and then he reveals that he thought maybe you know she's in this arranged marriage of sorts and maybe she needed saved or whatever and then she reveals like a few years ago you as the viewer know that a few years ago that would have been the case but as time has gone on she's fallen for her husband and now they really are in love and you know stuff like that so mm-hmm. he kind of comes on to her and she's like no i guess i do love him and he's and then he's, he's okay with it and then they just kind of talk like friends yeah i really like the art style in this movie too me too like i haven't seen anything like this it's like you've seen anime but this this is this is different everything's like kind of a lighter it's not pastel it's like a lighter look and even adults have like a childlike look to them like everyone kind of looks like short and 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 cartoony and childish sort of except they still look serious it's really hard to explain mm-hmm. I, I i like the scenes where it's in like the whole movie's like the art style of anime and then there's certain scenes where it's like a drawing like uh you see like the rabbits going across and you can tell like it's been drawn in and stuff. It's really yeah. clever on how they do that. And if people are wondering, it has that old school anime art style to it. It does. It doesn't look like whatever the new animes coming out are like the studios that made this put a lot of care into giving it a certain feel and look and it really pays off. Mm-hmm. I think there were like three different studios that worked on this. Madhouse was one of them. They've made some other stuff I've seen, I think. Yeah, and there's a lot of good humor in this too. Like even though Oh yeah, I laughed out loud several times. Yeah, the, there was a lot of dread about, you know, the bombs and the air raids and stuff, but even the air raid scenes were like, man, we got to wake up for another air raid. I was like, they're making a joke out of it. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, until the big one hit. Like every day. Yeah. And it, the main character, she was a good drawer and she was a good artist, I should say. And we, we should say, like, if you haven't seen this movie, I know normally we wait till the end, but I really do recommend this movie. Dubs, I think you do, too. Yeah, um, the only problem I had with it was the two-hour mark. There were certain scenes where I could live without. Yeah. It just... There were certain times where I'm like, oh, this is where it ends. But then when you find out about the Americans coming, I'm like, oh, they're actually going to wait until the end, until the, the big bomb hits. Yeah, I, I'm kind of fine with the length myself, I think. But my, my point was, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you were going to say something that was... Pr- like, this movie, as far as the movie structure goes, again, it's just about a girl growing into a woman she gets married she lives in hiroshima and then a town neighbored by hiroshima during the second world war there's not a whole lot in the way of spoilers but there is a couple things that happen in it i really do recommend this movie you should go watch it if you're interested in like a nice heartfelt drama if you're interested in in japanese animation if you're interested in um dramas that take place during war but aren't of war you could also consider this movie kind of an anti-war movie i suppose just because it shows how terrible everything is um that being said you can get back to your point i just wanted to say look we recommend this movie if you haven't watched it do it so you know proceed and we'll probably talk about some other stuff that happens (laughs) what is i going on you're talking about how she was a good artist yeah and like the whole thing where uh, her niece gets bombed and stuff, which was yeah. depressing as shit. And then you find oh out her—that is—that is so hard. Like 
you start realizing what's going to happen because she flashes back to like the class she had about how some some bombs are dummies and then they have a delayed fuse and and then she like beats herself up over oh if only i'd have been holding her hand with my left hand if only i'd have been doing this or that or the other then i'd be dead and she'd be alive or this and or or if only we ran or if, if only the fence had holes in it so we didn't have to walk up there to see the ships mm-hmm. and the thing was like she was starting to become like a, a housewife in a way because she was learning how to cook she was learning how to like do all these chores and stuff for her husband and on top of that she was an artist and everything and all of a sudden her arm is missing because yeah, of the she- bomb her lower arm is blown off also by the arm, so she can no longer draw. Yeah. And like, you know, the little girl dying is, like, the saddest part of it, but it has that added tragedy of, like, the one thing that made her happy she can't do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you're right. She, like, starts becoming, like, a good housewife. And, like, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, like, the thing that I laughed hardest about is when her childhood friend, the sailor, is there visiting, and she's just, like, doing chores, and it, like, does a couple cuts of like her doing stuff with the stove, her doing laundry, whatever. And he's just laughing the whole time. Mm-hmm. At the end, she's like, what is so funny? And he's like, you're just so ordinary. It's hilarious. Yeah, he, he says that a lot. And I, <laughs> I laughed out loud. He kept saying she was so ordinary and how weird it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes you wonder if that best friend was not like all in on the Japanese culture kind of thing. Because it seemed like he wanted to take her away from uh, the current arrangement. Uh, marriage and stuff yeah like he he alludes to like he was ready to do that more or less but i mean he had to return to a ship and all that maybe it was it was a joke or something but that the whole sequence where he visits and they talk and like the family kind of likes him and he's a nice and he's a genuinely nice guy and then the scene with them sleeping out in the the storage thing that's that might be my favorite part of the movie that is a really good sequence of scenes yeah what really caught surprise at me uh was seeing i guess passionate kissing in anime and also seeing anime side boob when they're all naked and stuff like while being baited and stuff from oh the- yeah i forgot about that like, yeah it's, it's weird because it isn't presented erotically it's just kind of like matter of fact it's like oh we gotta take a bath and they take a bath mm-hmm yeah, I, I just found it because I'd never seen that in anime before, so I was like, "Oh, that's surprising." And I and I get that, and I get there's hentai. Everybody, I know there's porn in anime, but like, just, <laughs> just like seeing this in like this type of serious movie, it was like surprising. Yeah, like it, it, it's a serious movie. It's pretty. I I laughed out loud uh, when she's at her wedding. She's still wearing like her clothes over her nice kimono, and and her sister's like, "Hey, you're still wearing your nonsense." it's covering up your pretty kimono and she starts taking it off in front of everyone. Like she's wearing the kimono under it. So it's not like she's getting naked, but they're all like, what are you doing? You can't disrobe in front of all these people. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like that. That's how prudish they are. Like even though there's clothes under the clothes, you can't make the motion of taking clothes off and people get embarrassed. It's funny. It's Mm. charming and adorable. I like this movie a lot. The ending is pretty much, they fix everything up and, what was it that was there like a random person or a random kid that was just abandoned because uh, well her mother died yeah i I got got that from the bomb and all that stuff yeah like that that whole sequence is hard to watch 
like where she's with her mother and her mother has like a bunch like glass in her arm and stuff and they sit down and her mother dies oh man that part's hard to watch yeah it, it explains like all the the radiation and how it's like rotting flesh and pretty much uh, yeah, her her sister ends up being the only member of the family that survives the bomb at Hiroshima, and and she shows at the end there's there's some stuff on her arm, like the radiation is affecting her. And they don't really reveal what happens to her, but I mean, Hiroshima killed way more people than the people who just died in that blast, which we we know from history. Yeah, uh, what I what I came away from this film as I understood why we dropped the bomb because they were never going to surrender and it was going to be a lot more lives uh, lost on both sides. Yeah. Uh, smarter people than us have debated this ad nauseum for, for decades. Mm-hmm. But, but seeing like war in general is just not flowers and, and dandies and just, well, of course not. You know, like yeah. said, this is very much an anti-war movie. Like if you watch this, you'd be like, God damn it. Why is there war? War is awful. Yeah. Cause you're seeing like all these nice characters and these nice people and villages and stuff. And then all of a sudden America just comes in and just fucking starts throwing bombs at villages and the, their Navy and stuff. And it's like, wow, that sucked. <laughs> Cause you're, you're just like in uh metaphorically, you're there too watching this movie you're seeing the americans come over and it's like that sucks you're dropping bombs on this like beautiful country <laughs> I don't yeah know. i mean that 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 first scene where the american dive bombers show up and are like attacking the um attacking the harbor where the ships are and there's like flak in the air and she's standing there kind of like dumbfounded by like how how pretty it looks and she's thinking about man if only i had paint like for a second, you're like, wow, this is really cool. But, you know, the the, the, the thing sets in late in a later bombing raid, like half the town burns down and there's a bunch of people like hanging around that just lost their homes. And then there's the scene, she and the little girl are downtown and the, the like a, a, a bombing raid comes and they're, they're, oh, we're nowhere near home. We need to find a shelter. And when they walk out of the shelter, someone is standing there and their house has been destroyed. Like there's a lot of small moments like that that kind of remind you what's going on. And during that same scene where the the bombers first come in, uh, the father coming in and giving putting his body over them, and he falls asleep during the air raid. That I, that I laughed out loud at that, but I was really pissed off because he like falls down after the blast, and you're like, oh my god, is he dead? And then there's the next scene where they're both sitting there crying over a bed, and you're like, oh, he's fucking dead. That's terrible. And then it like pans and the mother is there and she's pissed off. She's like, how could you fall asleep during a bomb raid? What the hell is wrong with you? And I was like, oh, fuck you, movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I got the same thing. I was like, oh, no. Because I liked him because he was more like the father just like, oh, you know, we'll live. He was more of a positive figure than the other some of the other characters in the film. But. Yeah, like the father was actually kind of one of my favorite characters. Like he had like pride in what he was doing but he still seems i don't he, he was kind of an optimist in a lot of ways I, I liked him he was a good character yeah i don't want to go into deep detail i mean i want people to enjoy some scenes <laughs> that uh out of this film so yeah. if you haven't watched yet I, I i don't know why you would listen to the podcast and listen to all these spoilers and then go watch a film maybe that's how you roll i don't know yeah i mean it's possible like i i still really think this is this is a great movie. You should watch it. It's it's worth 
it's worth it to almost anyone. I can't think of anyone that wouldn't get anything out of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like we said before, we both recommend this film. And uh, yeah, that's our movie of the week. Uh, speaking of movie of the week, next week we're watching this this movie called uh, Big Trouble in Little China. It has has uh, Kurt Russell in it or something like that. He's not very good. I don't expect good things. Yeah, I I heard it. I I really don't know anything about this film, so yeah, try going into it blind. Yeah, so that will be our movie next week. I don't think it's on Netflix, so it's very easy to get. Uh, I believe it's on YouTube. So, really? yeah, I mean, there's a certain ways you can get the film, but watch. Watch Big Trouble in Little China and then uh, get back to us and we'll, uh, you see what we thought about it. You can always rent stuff on Amazon too. Yep, that too. And it's probably like three bucks for the night. It couldn't be much. Anyway. um, Yeah, so our news that mattered to us, there was like no news uh, besides something small. And I know Andy's going to go off on it, but <sighs> they... Uh, changed the pricing to Movie Pass to six ninety. They advertised it as six ninety five a month, mm-hmm. but it's actually eighty three forty annually. You can only get it annually. So if you want to go to the buying the year pass, uh, I wouldn't trust it. Yeah, Movie Pass is. You're not going to be seeing movies in IMAX or 3D, or you're not going to see a lot of like the new releases. I think this is more of like an indie movie pass, in my opinion. I mean, it would be good, but like I said, I tried to sign up for it back when it was nine ninety nine a month, and I tried. I I promise you, like a dozen times, and their website is such garbage; it would not take my billing information. Every time I would hit go, please take my money, it would just boot me back to the main page so I eventually I was like well fuck you I guess you don't want my money and they're doing so terribly that they have lowered the price however they have to charge you for 12 months up front do you really want to give your money to a company that is so obviously probably not going to last like I feel like you're going to pay for 12 months and four months down the road they're going to fold do you really and again it, it's a great idea I wanted to do it but they just they so thoroughly dashed my my expectations like it was like oh i don't want to give my money to this company they can't even take my money competently yeah it's it's probably better off just going to matinee uh yeah times and stuff because in reality who is going to movies every day to see a movie not a lot of people yeah i I mean mean, i'm sure there's an audience for this but yeah i thought i was it but i don't know i'm kind of glad i didn't do it i think Maybe there will be like a another company that will do it better, and but my the things with these services that are really bothering me, like when Netflix first came out, it's like oh you get you know DVDs mailed to you, and you get to keep it as long as you want, and then when you're done with it, you send it right back. That was cool, and then they switched to streaming, which uh, I believe when the DVDs it was like five dollars a month or something along that line. And then the streaming was you get $8 a month. And then every year it got more and more. We're at $12 now. Uh, If we keep on going at this rate, it's probably going to be up to like $15 or $20 a month because of how much demand there is. 
Same thing with like all like like with Xbox and Sony. Like they all have it. Before you move on, there's an important thing to note about like Netflix and stuff is like the price is rising, but I kind of think the quality is as well. Like when they first started, they had they had an amazing library of discs that you could get, but sometimes stuff was out and you had to be in a waiting list for stuff. Like I remember those days and the streaming service was a bunch of like pretty humdrum stuff when it got announced. But now they have a bunch of exclusive movies, which we've been watching a lot of. So mm-hmm. I guess I can't say anything about the quality specifically, but there's some good stuff on there. But they also have several actually really great shows on there. Like the price has gone up, but you're getting a lot more for that money now. Not that I'm, you know, I, I don't have stock in Netflix or anything, but, and I'd rather the price stay right where it is. Don't get me wrong, but you are getting something for that extra money. Yeah. And it's just, the I'm always gonna have it because of this podcast because I like watching movies. That's my that's my niche and all that stuff. But like somebody that is who bought Netflix to have the occasional I'm gonna watch you know my favorite TV show here and there. Like they're not gonna want to pay fifteen or twenty dollars a month uh, just for one thing. Let's just say they're getting it for like a couple of shows rather than the whole collection. Like me and you is it's a different demographic because we we love movies. We love how yeah, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch a bunch of stuff. I'm gonna discover new things. I'm gonna yeah. Yeah, I mean they are getting quality, like you said, and by God, the Netflix originals are just quality as it is and all that stuff. But they're just getting bigger. And every time I see these services, I'm like, eventually they're all gonna get expensive at some point if they succeed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But other than that. Uh, WrestleMania is around the corner, like I said before. Um, E3 is in a couple of months, so gaming news might be a little bit slow since we are gamers. Um, what can I say? Movies, you have Infinity War, which is next month at April 27th. Uh, uh, Ready Player One, I know me and Andy want to see that movie. So maybe we'll have one episode where we review it, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I could get down on that. Yeah. Again, it's like, I kind of want to see it. I'm not like, I don't have a huge boner for it or anything, but yeah, it looks pretty cool. I mean, it looks fun. If if nothing else, I feel like it would be fun to be like, oh man, that's a DeLorean. Oh man, the RX-78. Oh, fucking badass, man. You know, stuff like that. Steven Spielberg, yeah. Yeah, E.T. <laughs> Alright, but uh, I think before we end that... Uh, any projects you have any anything in line or or thinking about working or maybe Twitter? Uh, uh, oh, don't bother with my Twitter. I don't check it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I am. Dubs and I have been talking off the air a lot about what's coming up, and I don't want to talk about anything officially. But I'm I'm starting to write scripts and stuff, and I want to start filming stuff. But again, I got a whole house I got to put in order, and then my whole desk has to move, and all my electronics, and all my video games, and everything. So. Once all that's done, start looking for a, a huge build up, a ramp up of, of production from me. Yeah, we'll have because I'm kind of doing the same thing, which Andy kind of alluded to a little bit. I've been writing some stuff, too. So when we are ready to announce it, we'll announce it. Uh, another announcement I want to say is after we watched that so-called movie Big Trouble in Little China, the week after that episode, we are taking a week off. Uh, it's for maintenance reasons. Uh, it is a single week. It will not be extended in any way. Yeah, it's just something that we need to catch up on our uh, life itself, 
and something that would be working behind the scenes on on this podcast and other projects. So on that note, everybody, I think we will end episode 34 of Big Trouble Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube. And also we are live on iTunes and Podbean, B-T-I-L-P dot podbean.com our twitter is btil pod uh obviously we stream if you're watching it live here we are on twitch.tv slash new dubs order and uh soon we will have a.com i will say that it won't be at new dubs order.com as it says here on the twitch but anyway you all have a good night everybody goodbye and thanks for listening and that too later <laughs>